A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. This week we're talking Judy and Punch, plus all the latest film news and trailers. Let's get into it. So this week we saw Judy and Punch, yes. which is written and directed by Mira Fox, who is an actress who starred in Animal Kingdom, Mr. In Between, and she actually had a small role in The Crown. Oh, too. did she? Yeah. Um, so she's taken the famed puppet show Punch and Judy and used that as a base to create an origin story of revenge where Judy actually rises up against her violent husband. In terms of a, a ride, like it, it was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I was not expecting to be so thoroughly entertained. And there were just so many layers and elements to their storytelling that were just brilliant. So why did you? Why weren't you sure you'd be entertained? Well, I just went in without many preconceived notions about mm-hmm. the movie, which I, which I actually, it's really rare because you're always engaging in trailers and movie news and all those things that mm-hmm. you know we talk a lot about on this podcast. But every now and then you get a little gem that's that slips through the cracks that you haven't really been bombarded visually with. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go in with no expectations and you go on along this ride and you're like, wow, I'm so glad I, I stumbled across this movie mm-hmm. because it's really kind of made your day or kind of, you know, really mix it up in terms of the types of films that you've seen throughout the year. Mm. It's a bit of a fantasy mixed with sort of gritty realism. Oh, yeah. Is that how you describe it? No, I think so. I mean, it's set in this town called Seaside, which they open up saying that it's nowhere near the sea. <laughs> and so instantly you're like this movie is going to be just a little bit self-aware and funny. Like it's going to take, yeah, off center, left of mm. center. Yeah. And yeah, right straight out of the gate. So it stars yes. Mia Vashikovska and Damon Harriman as Judy and her alcoholic misogynist husband, Punch. Mm. Mia is fantastic and just so authentic. She's a great actress. Oh, wonderful. And she brings the goods in this one. Definitely. And Damon Harriman is having an absolute year. He too. He's outstanding. He was, I mean, to compare him to me is unfair because they were both 
right at their top of their game. But he just brought so much to the role. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like carried the movie, I suppose, in a way, here and there. They kind of mm-hmm. had their own little moments. It was kind of like a back and forth thing with their stories. Yeah. This movie was wicked. Like, it was mm-hmm. just so devilish and dark. And its dark humour was, oh, just give me more, give me mm-hmm. more. You just couldn't believe. I couldn't believe what was happening in front of me and how they were going about interacting. And mm-hmm. But I thought, oh, it's just so wonderful. Well, the director actually said in her own words that the movie is batshit crazy and fun. <laughs> and that just sums it up so aptly. Oh, absolutely. It's full of just subversive, dark humour. Mm. Mira just really went for it with the writing and did a great job, mm. definitely. She said she went for it because she thought it would be someone else's problem to direct it. <laughs> Oh, right. And then she ended up having to direct it. And she stumbled into the director's chair. Wow. It's set in Australia, in rural Victoria. I just love that it's an Aussie-made film Mm. starring Aussie actors made by Aussie production team. Can I call out the production team? Because it was flawless. Mm. The cinematography, the sets, it really transported you and made made you feel like you were part of this town of Seaside and then Mm. later on in in the woods and all those sorts of things. Like, it was... Such a beautifully made, beautifully realised movie. And I guess it comes down to the direction and the writing of of Mira. To be fair, I think she obviously communicated her vision Mm -hmm. to her crew and her creatives and pulled off just a very well put together piece of cinema. Do you think that's because she's an actress herself and that she knows both sides of that world? I think she really directed her actors Mm. um, in all the right ways. Because you could see that she let them be brave with the choices that they made while she was still kind of making a semi-stylized period piece Mm. at the same time. And while this movie was just so playful and fun, it was also quite shockingly dark in some places. There was this undercurrent, obviously, about domestic violence, Mm. Punch and Judy being a very violent puppet show. Mm. So, of course, they have to bring a bit of that in. But it wasn't too heavy-handed. It wasn't too heavy-handed, but the the behaviour that you were witnessing was pretty shocking as well. Just about addiction and all that sort of stuff, mm. domestic, you know, um, infidelity, add a few other issues in society into the ring. Yep. You know, there's one particular moment of horrific violence, mm. but underneath it all is just this satirical black comedy of kind of like how mm. it's dealt with by the characters. And you're just shocked and bamboozled, but you're like, no, this is, no, this is where we're going. All right. Yeah. This is how they're dealing with it. And, um, and then obviously that sets off a chain reaction that gets the batshit crazy, um, you know, <laughs> stamp from the director. Yeah. I kind of likened it to the puppet show. It's like parallels running through it. Yeah. So the violence is largely a conduit for the entertainment of these backwater hicks in this town of Seaside, yes. this awful town. But it's also artistic commentary for the cinema audience. Yeah. So by extension, it's. Mm. I found that really interesting. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a really good point to pull out. Yeah. And but it was created before the Me Too movement really took off. It's interesting to note that but it's got a lot of really timely things to say about it. Do you know if they went back and made changes since then? No. Or was it kind of just in the can for a while? And No, I think it's just... Wow. When it was written, at least. Right. Not when it was gotcha. made, yeah. I mean, weren't the townspeople ignorant? Mm-hmm. They were dumb. They were just so ill-informed. And there's this great scene that I think it pretty much opens the film mm-hmm. or the second scene or whatever, where they, you know, they accuse people in their town of being witches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every, all the townspeople can throw stones or whatever. Stoning so this, day. Stoning day, yeah. It's this big celebration, like the fucking 4th of July or something. Mm-hmm. Stoning day in Seaside. And it kind of the reasons why they think they're witches is just so outrageous. Yes, and again, so it just, 
uh, Mira just kept on making choices to kind of set the tone of who these people are mm. and why maybe the events that followed actually become a reality. Yeah, they're such timely themes. Mm. I mean, outrageous and ridiculous, as you said, stretched to exaggeration. Yes. But it's so timely in commentary, but told in this really funny way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's good art, really. Let's be honest. That's, yeah, that's, that's good all art. you can ask for. Talking about the supporting characters, though, I found that was the weakest parts of the film. Mm. The main supporting cast were great, but you get to the heretics camp, and Mia was fantastic there, mm. obviously. But the supporting cast in that particular area I found were maybe underutilised. They were largely used as exposition to explain sure. a bit of backstory to further Judy's story. Mm. But they didn't get a lot of development, and I would have liked to have seen a bit more development with them. I think they had the time to do that. So mm. I would agree with you that that was a bit of a missed opportunity because they were a very different kind of character that mm. had been introduced like halfway through yeah. ish. And uh, yeah, it would have and, been good to. And the choices those actors were making were quite inconsistent. I don't know about Dr. Goodtime. Did you find her quite strange? The old woman. What accent was she doing? Sometimes it was <laughs> Scottish, sometimes it was Jamaican. Well, maybe she was just channeling other accents and people <laughs> in her spirituality. Somewhere. It might have just been part of this weird mix that mm. they've created for this movie. That's fine. But I just found them a little bit underwhelming. And that sort of stuff can be really distracting when an actor can't hold an accent down. Mm. So, yeah, I wonder if that was well, a choice. Ac- or Accents were a big thing in this film that they didn't mm. want to be region specific. They didn't want to be American. They didn't want to be Australian. They didn't want to be too British. So Damon Harriman as punch has chosen this sort of irish yeah. lilt mm. dialect mm. uh i'm not sure what Mia's you'd call me as maybe a general sort of english yeah one but then again you get normal. this doctor good time who vacillated between different ones and i would have preferred mm. that you pick one pick instead one or the other yeah <laughs> anyway that was one of very little weak spots for me oh i agree what would you rate this, I guess? I'd give this a four. Yeah. There was a lot of dark underlying themes, but it's been brought to life in such a playful and just thoroughly entertaining way. Oh. A winning Aussie film for me. So four stars. I'm really, yeah, I'm really impressed with this film. I'm so proud that it's an Australian movie. Mm-hmm. And it sounds ridiculous to be kind of like heroing it so much, but I was just so pleasantly surprised. The fact that it was original... Yes. It's such a big deal these That's days. probably why it feels so, like, why I felt so refreshed mm. after watching it. Because I thought, finally, someone's taking real risks, mm. but still pulling off so well-made movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give it four popcorn kernels too. Yeah. So there's a few other films out this week uh, releasing on November 21. Farming, so that uh, follows the story of a young Nigerian boy who was farmed out by his parents to a white British family in the hope of a better future and becomes the feared leader of a white skinhead gang. Mm-hmm. Official Secrets, which is set around the time when politicians in Britain and the US angled to invade Iraq. Kira Knightley plays a translator who leaks classified emails that urge spying on members of the UN Security Council to force through the resolution to go to war. Good to see Kira Knightley back in the cinemas. Mm-hmm. And Fisherman's Friends is out of cynical London music executive gets punked on a stag weekend into trying to sign a group of singing fishermen. He's forced to reevaluate his life as the unlikely boy band teach him about integrity and what success really means. We've also got 21 Bridges, which follows an NYPD detective who's thrust into a 
thrust, I love that word, into a citywide <laughs> manhunt for a pair of cop killers after uncovering a massive conspiracy. And, and if you didn't think there was any more we could jam pack into the release, Countdown is out, which follows the story of a young nurse who downloads an app that claims to predict exactly when a person is going to die. Mm. Um, it tells her she only has three days to live and she has to race against time to save her own life. Now, this reminds me of a Black Mirror story. I was going to say Final Destination. Oh, well, yes. I mean, well, they didn't know when they were going to die. They just knew that any how, moment yeah, yeah. and how, yeah. yeah. But it's a Black Mirror story, which is a Netflix series. Check it out. It's wacky. Mm-hmm. Where they get paired up with a partner, like dating. Mm. And they know how long their relationship's going to be. Yes, Could be a couple of hours, a couple yeah. of years, yeah. Mm. So anyway, that's, um, that sort of storytelling really interests me. There's actually, that's, that's actually quite a lot of British films yeah. out next week. It's the week of British films. Very much. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, on to news. What have we got, Lee? Well, if you're in Sydney, Dendi Newtown is going to host a charity screening of a movie called The Portal on Wednesday, November 27, and it's to raise money for the Red Cross bushfire emergency relief. Very good cause and very timely right now. The Portal is an experimental feature documentary that's produced by a meditation expert um, and directed and produced by Jackie Pfeiffer. And as I said, all proceeds will go to Red Cross Bushfire Emergency Relief, but it's very mm. interesting film. Yeah, to mm. align with that yeah. as well. So to go to Dendy Newtown. I don't want to alienate fans of this piece of news mm-hmm. and lose listeners, but <laughs> I am sick of this story about releasing the Snyder Cut of Justice League. It's got legs again this week. But... Uh, Okay, tell us how where these legs come from. Pretty powerful legs. Well, yeah, it's been trending on social media this week, release the Snyder Cut hashtag, hashtag yeah. and it's concerning the Justice League film mm. and how, well, as the rumour goes, Warner Brothers so heavily edited Justice League that that's what ruined the movie. Mm. That wasn't the only problem with the film, can I just say. But Can I just agree? <laughs> but studio interference is being blamed, and mm. now actually the actors in the film, so Gal Gadot and... Van Affleck, mm. yeah, they've all jumped on the bandwagon and mm. said, release the full director's cut. Look, I'm going to 100% unequivocally say on the record that it's going to be as shit or shitter. <laughs> you cannot polish a turd, and Justice League was one big $250 million turd. <laughs> That's a big call. Like, it was just crap. And Zack Snyder left the project in really um, sad circumstances because mm. his daughter had passed away. Mm-hmm. Which is awful, but that's not what this is about. Batman vs Superman was a disaster, like, and then he followed up with this, and Joss Whedon came in and 
directed and mm. almost reshot quite a lot of it, and it was just never going to work. And anyway, yeah. Would you watch it? I'd watch it, yes, just to see what the differences are. But I'd, it's putting a lot of eggs in a basket that mm. might not come off, you know. Still in DC land, Henry Cavill has also said he's not done with Superman. Mm. A while back, there was worries that he was done after he put up a very ambiguous Instagram post where yeah, it looked like one. he was saying goodbye to his action figure mm. <laughs> character. Uh, but it's turned out that might have been a smart move that's mm. generated more interest in him taking the role up again. I mean, there's a lot of eyes on how the DC extended universe is going to pick itself up. Mm. There's quite a lot of um, new titles coming out. How does Superman, whether it be Henry Cavill's version or a different one, how does he get brought back into this revamped story? Because it didn't work. You've got um, the Batman coming out mm-hmm. in a couple of years. Like, is that part of a new shared universe or what's going on? Mm. Like, it's all just a little bit unknown. And I don't know how Henry Cavill could fit anymore. Yeah, alongside Robert Pattinson and yeah. all that kind of... They mm. need a different Superman, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Speaking of Batman... Christian Bale said Warner Brothers has approached him about a fourth Dark Knight film. Yeah, it was quite a while ago. And this is a really random piece of news where I thought I'd been transported back Mm. a few years and I've refreshed. So, oh no, it's being told now. Why is he bringing this up? Oh, well, I think there's just a lot of Batman news and superhero news and someone probably asked him a pointed question in an interview because he's out promoting Ford vs Ferrari, Christian Bale. So, Mm. you know, he's out on the press tour. And yeah, look, Warner Brothers had a good thing in Chris Nolan's trilogy. They approached him to do it, but Chris Nolan had uh, three movies to make. That was the story he was going to tell, and so Christian Bale only wanted to be a part of that. Mm. And it just would have felt like they were tacking on the end of an already completed story. So that he was just saying, it was approached, said no, and then obviously oh. the rest is history. Okay. So we've had some new trailers this week. Yeah, some good ones. Yeah, but Emma, okay? Mm. Another take on Jane Austen's classic comedy it's being reimagined once more with a younger skew starring mm. anya taylor joy what did you think of this trailer i loved it yeah it was snappy it was quick it was very funny period pieces thrown in your face like they've mm. put a lot of effort into that which is you know the the, the bar you need to set there mm. but yeah i'm pretty keen to check this out and have a bit of a laugh that comes out on february 13 so mm-hmm. it's just around the corner yeah We've got a trailer for The Call of the Wild. This is mm. going to be a bit of a controversial one. It's based on a literary classic. It's starring Harrison Ford as mm. a surly prospector with Buck, who is being CGI'd mm. to the hilt. Now, this is what we wanted to happen with The Lion King, isn't it? The animals CGI'd in a way that made their faces photorealistic. Yeah, so this dog, Buck, has quite an animated face, mm-hmm. like quite expressive, not what a dog would actually look like what in real life. What did you think life. that looked like? I've found it really distracting. Really? Yeah. This feels like a, a mid-90s um, <laughs> dog-led adventure film. Like, it just felt like that yeah. instantly. It was very familiar. It was very nostalgic watching the trailer. Looks beautiful, but I don't really... What sort of movie is it? Is it like a... Is it a kid's movie? Is it a serious movie? And then you've got all these real... It's set in such a real wild place, like Alaska, mm. and then you've got this CGI dog running around. I just feel like it takes away from its visual impact it could have as a whole. But I think Does that makes sense? Yeah, but I think that's also a shrewd move in that it's going to hit harder emotionally. Do you When think? you give an animal mm, human, emotion. human emotions, yeah. it's going to, whether it works or not, it's mm. going to hit people in the fields. It's going to affect sure. audiences. So. Yeah, it does feel like a bit of a tearjerker. Mm. We also got another Cats trailer. Why, hey, make it stop. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Mate. just around the corner, yeah. Boxing Day. Oh. 
I would rather watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League <laughs> than watch another fucking Cats trailer. You know what, though? I think this trailer... We've talked about this mm. on the podcast. The trailer came out... The original trailer came out a little bit ago. Yeah. And it's just really uncomfortable. The digital fur technology, everyone looks awful. It's just strange. Mm. But Cats is a dark story, right? Yeah. Like, it's moody and whatever. This one felt like a pantomime. This trailer made it look like they were making this... Happy go lucky, like a Christmas play in, like a, in the UK or something. Well, yeah, it's like a Christmas movie. You. Oh yeah! Oh god! <laughs> oh, hot flush. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think and Rebel Wilson is instantly irritating. I just don't really. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. You know what really frustrates me? Yes. Can you tell? I'm trying to get my thoughts. Together. I know you're trying. You're trying. Just, to... so, there's literally. They're it's like, like a... the Matrix in my head right now. Your what th- your, this trailer next? Your thoughts are like a bag of cats trying. <laughs> Oh, my God. So this is what really annoys me. Cats is a musical. Mm -hmm. Do we see any of them actually sing in this trailer? I mean, you've got a taste of memory Mm. in the first trailer, but this one is like they're dancing and blah, 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 and there's like the orchestral behind it. But it's a musical. I want to see flavours and elements of it being a musical. Mm. They're doing it again. They Hollywood do it again and again, and we're not getting fooled anymore because they make you think it's not a musical. You think yeah. it's something else, and you get in there, and then all they do is fucking sing, and some people can't stand that. Yeah. And it's like, it's a real problem. And I think they if you're making a musical, own it, and put it at the front. That should be how you market mm. it. Own it. That's the source material. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> They're trying to trick Cats, people. Cats, outboxing day. <laughs> We got a trailer for Spies in Disguise, another one. It's a fun-filled family film with uh, Will Smith and Tom Holland yeah. doing voices of a pigeon spy. And... Yeah, I'm warming to this a lot more. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. The animation's really cool too, so something to look forward to. And a trailer for Antebellum. Yes, yeah, so this kind of sprung up. It's a, It was about a minute-long teaser trailer, and it's from the producer of us and get out mm-hmm. and it's uh, it, it's a story of um, a successful author veronica who finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late i mean that sounds very vague and ambiguous mm-hmm. but but it's a mind bender yeah it's a mind bender there's some uh, incredible visuals in here it kind of feels like a mix between going back to a certain time but in but in the present and it's like mm-hmm. i think it's going to be one to kind of sink your teeth into and Shia LaBeouf has a film coming out. Yeah. The artiste, Shia LaBeouf. Yes. He takes his art very seriously. Very seriously. And his film is called Honey Boy. So he, Shia LaBeouf plays his father mm. in this movie. His own father. His own father, yes. Mm. And he wrote the script, didn't direct it. See, already it's making you think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he apparently had a very tumultuous childhood as a child actor in, in Hollywood and whatnot. Um, and his relationship with his father and all that. And then this, it kind of follows how he deals with that in his mental illness and coping with that PTSD of his, of his childhood mm. and upbringing and all that baggage. Uh, and it's um, getting rave reviews a- around the festival circuit. It's really going to be one to, one to watch. And Shire's apparently astonishing in it. That's it for the trailers this week. Mm. What have we got coming out next week? We're off to see Knives Out, the yes. incredible murder mystery with the amazing cast. We've been anticipating this for a long, long time. We're really excited to catch it together and then mm-hmm. to tell you all about it. We're also going to see Mrs. Lowry and Son, mm. which depicts the relationship between artist L.S. Lowry, played by Timothy Spall, mm. and his mother, Elizabeth, 
who's played by Vanessa Redgrave, who's amazing. Mm. And she's overbearing and disapproving and all those sorts of things. And he's one of the UK's most iconic artists. His artworks sell for millions of dollars. And apparently that wasn't enough for his his overbearing, disapproving mother. Apparently Timothy Spall is incredible and Vanessa Redgrave, who plays his mother, is really, really excellent too. And Uh, then we've also got Frozen 2, another Disney blockbuster. Oh, no doubt it'll be a blockbuster. So that... Has already it's already out in America right now, and it's tipped to launch worldwide with over three hundred million dollars. So it's just mm. massive. So uh, well, I think we'll see this one tip over a billion, you know, worldwide. So Frozen Two out next week. Yeah, and that's it for this week. Judy and Punch. Yeah, we're all about supporting Australian cinema. So this is one that we were really happy that we got to see to tell you all about. If you like black comedy this is the film for you you will definitely be entertained so go out and see it yep thanks guys catch you next time thanks for listening even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.